0: <laughs> spot of gold
1: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the show it is monday january 31st 2021 i'm your host jeff nesbitt and you found the ramble ramble by the river is made possible by the generous support of our listeners there's a special group of listeners we call them the ram fam they have all agreed to pay a small subscription fee every month, and in return, they get special features that are not available to the general public. We're talking merch drops, behind-the-scenes updates, early access to every episode, and exclusive bonus episodes that you can't find anywhere else. On top of all that, subscribers will receive access to the RamFam Patreon group, where Ramble by the River fans can connect with each other and with me. If you're a fan of the show and you regularly listen to the free episodes, you're going to love the extras that come along with this subscription. If you'd like to join the Ram fam, go to ramblebytheriver.com and click subscribe to sign up today. You can connect with Ramble by the River on Facebook and Instagram at ramblebytheriver and at rambleriverpod on Twitter. For business inquiries, please look for the email in the show notes or at ramblebytheriver.com. The show notes is also where you can find links to the stories mentioned in the episode or things we talk about. I'll put a lot of links there right in the show notes. How's everybody doing? been a crazy week. I mean, not all that much crazier than normal. We're crazy week after crazy week these days. But yeah, a lot going on in the world. Some uh, really exciting stuff. In fact, speaking of which news and current events. Markets struggle following the feds comments regarding the high likelihood of upcoming interest rate hikes. Conditions are bad across the board with major losses in tech stocks, crypto, and DeFi, decentralized finance. Tesla's down 21% over the last month and Apple lost 13% over that same time period. At the time of this recording, many stocks and cryptocurrencies have started to recover a little bit and regain some of that lost value, but most analysts remain skeptical in light of the current state of the US economy and the uncertainty about the future. BTC, Bitcoin, saw some of the worst losses bottoming out around $35,000 per coin, which is a low not seen since the beginning of the last bull run back in July 2021. So basically, the market's looking real rough. People have lost major losses up to 25-30% of their portfolio. So it's rough out there. But you know, this happens. That's part of the, the nature of markets. They, they move. They're not always going up. And if they are, something's about to pop because that's a bubble. Crypto.com the popular exchange and cryptocurrency trading app, was hacked. And they finally admitted this uh, in a recent blog post. This is from the Crypto.com blog post on January 20, 2022. Summary On January 17, 2022, Crypto.com learned that a small number of users had unauthorized crypto withdrawals on their accounts. Crypto.com promptly suspended withdrawals for all tokens to initiate an investigation and worked around the clock to address the issue. No customers experienced a loss of funds. In the majority of cases, we prevented the unauthorized withdrawals, and in all other cases, customers were fully reimbursed. What happened? On Monday, January 17th, at approximately 12 46 a.m., Crypto.com's risk monitoring systems detected unauthorized activity on a small number of user accounts where transactions were being approved without the two factor authentication control being inputted by the user. So, basically, They saw some shady shit going on. They addressed the issue immediately. The incident affected 483 crypto.com users. I don't know exactly what their totals are, but I'm guessing that's a very small percentage. Unauthorized withdrawals totaled 4,836.26 Ethereum, 443.93 Bitcoin, and approximately 66,200 in other currencies. That is 25000000 at today's market value and this is keep in mind when we were sitting at six month lows it was reported in the news at 30 million dollars so it is a lot of cheddar people are probably wondering whether or not they can still trust this app personally do what you want but personally I think yes so they reimbursed everybody who was affected and they caught it when it happened. a lot of digital crime never gets caught it just goes unnoticed and you know you just lose your shit a lot of, you know, a lot of crypto stuff is not even insured or backed up. So people are losing money left and right. I myself have been scammed once. I got I got taken for a scam and they took, it was something like 1.2 Solana, I think. And that stings. It really hurts. But it's nothing compared to losing $30 million. So I'm glad they did the right thing. I use crypto.com myself and I think they're a great service. So I... I would trust them still we're still in the very early ages of this crypto world so there's gonna be some hiccups and we gotta just continue to improve the technology and allow the people who are doing that to do it do you like nfts i know i do ramble by the river is giving away some nfts so buckle up guys here we go to spread a little holiday cheer after all groundhog's day is this coming wednesday ramble by the river is going to give away Three, count them, three NFTs for free. In order to qualify to win, first of all, you got to have a crypto wallet that works on the Solana blockchain. Phantom Wallet is what I recommend, but also Soul Flare Wallet will work. You also need to be following Ramble by the River on Instagram, Facebook, and or Twitter. At least one of those three. If you've already got a Soul Flare Wallet or a Phantom Wallet, And you're already following us on social media, which I assume most of you are, of course. Next thing you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. This is really easy. Take you five minutes. Write something nice. It's easy. And give a five-star rating as well. You're going to send an email to me with a picture of that, a screenshot, or some kind of a proof that shows that you met the requirements. And you're going to send that to admin1 at ramblebytheriver.com. With the subject line give me that sweet freebie nft in the body put that screenshot and put your phantom wallet address that part is critical gotta have your phantom wallet address so i have somewhere to send the free prize one review equals one entry you can enter as many times as you want and i'll count them all i'll even count them from other podcast players how about that as long as it's a podcast player and it's a place you can access this show and leave reviews send me proof of that i'll count it so make sure you send me an individual picture of each one so that i can count all of your entries the project i picked to support for this giveaway is called cult of meerkats i picked it because i really like the art they're cute little nfts of meerkats you know like uh, timon off of the lion king they uh, some of them have mohawks some of them have piercings and some of them are they look like lions or cheetahs they're cool i think they're they're neat little cute nfts so those are the ones I, I chose. I've been watching them for a while. They're still affordable and they're, they're neat. You can use them as your profile picture. You can resell them later. They're an actual digital asset. Yeah, hopefully it'll just be a way to expose you to a new thing or if, if it's something you're already into, hopefully it'll just be a little bit of a, an addition to your collection. Maybe we'll start something big here. I'll be honest. I bought a bunch of these little things and I'm going to give them away as just kind of a nice little perk of being a listener on this show. So the longer you listen, the better your chances of getting a free NFT. And you know, a lot of, a lot of you probably don't give a shit about NFTs. So whatever, this isn't for you, but for those of you who are interested in them or curious about them at all, this is a great way to get your foot in the door. So yeah, go ahead and go through the process. I'm going to leave very detailed instructions with links in the show notes, and they'll also be available at ramblebytheriver.com. So entering is easy. Three lucky winners will be selected at random, and they'll be announced during next week's episode. So those lucky winners will receive their very own NFT, absolutely free, airdropped right into their phantom wallet shortly thereafter. If you spend any time in the crypto community or the NFT community, you will probably know that giveaways like this are quite common. But the main difference between this giveaway and those giveaways is that I'm not going to make you post something on social media and tag a bunch of people. Drives me crazy. Like, I would enter so many more giveaways if it weren't, like, go follow the page, go post, retweet this, and tag three people. Nah, I'm not going to bother my friends and family with that shit. That's not it's not cool. But with this giveaway, all you have to do is leave a review. It doesn't go in everybody's face. You don't have to blast the world that you listen to my show or that you're into NFTs. No one will ever know. It'll be our little secret. Head on over to ramblebytheriver.com for full instructions, and yeah, let's do it. Let's get these NFTs out there. You know, it's often said that we're living in the information age. With the internet and Google, all of human knowledge is available with the click of a mouse. But in this age of information, it's becoming increasingly hard to know who you can trust. News media outlets are peddling hysteria by the bushel, and the internet is full of snowflakes, QAnons, Russian trolls and pedophiles. But I'm here to tell you, the greatest threat of all is not out there. Oh no, but rather lurking within the walls of your very own skull. It's you. Welcome to Better Know a Bias. Bias of the week. This week is the availability heuristic. Now, the availability heuristic is why we worry more about something rare like a plane crash than something objectively deadlier like road accidents. People make judgments based on how easy it is to call an example to mind. Plane crashes are more memorable. Memories are created most often by highly emotionally charged events. These memories are more prominent, thus more readily available. So when it comes to making judgments, which we usually base on rough probabilities, it's easier to call those to mind and we, we, we thus make the false assumption that they are more common and more likely to happen to us. The availability heuristic shapes a great deal of the way we experience the world. The way we think about things every day in our own life. Because what you see is what you know, and what you know is your truth. It becomes especially important to consider something like the availability heuristic when you are considering what kind of media to consume or what kind of media to expose your children to. While it is important to understand that there are threats in the world, it might not be healthy to watch cable news with your kids. They are in the business of scaring us. They're in the business of showing us what's the most dangerous from across the world condensed down into an easy-to-consume terrifying product, including music and everything. It's designed to make you feel fear, because people who are afraid like to buy stuff. Look, I'm no expert, but that feels true to me. I feel it when I'm watching that shit. So how can we leverage this information for our benefit? How can we use the availability heuristic to help us be better people or experience a better existence? If you make an effort to expose yourself to stimuli that are positive, that create a positive response in your physiological body and in your mind. On a regular basis, you will establish more readily available material for your brain to pull up. If you read stories about beautiful things that happen in the world, rather than murder mysteries and, you know, the stuff that gets your motor running, it doesn't have to be negative. And if it is negative, it shouldn't be all negative because that is gonna affect how you see the world what you see as potential and possibility. So we have some control. Beyond that, it's interesting because it gives you perspective on how to understand the people around you. That's interesting. The evidence is also very clear that we prefer the negative. So you might have to work in a a workable balance for you. You know, balance the positive with the negative. If if you notice you're starting to see the world real dark, maybe brighten it up a little bit. Watch something happy, but everybody's different and you got to figure out what works for you. Here's something kind of cool. So last week, I started seeing stories on THC and cannabis and CBD and their impact on COVID. So that's pretty exciting right away. Apparently, something good is going on. So here I just found an article that's a fact check. It says, fact check. Did studies show that marijuana prevents COVID transmission? And this is published in Newsweek on 1-21-22. Let's check it out. Two scientific papers published this month have added to the growing body of evidence indicating that cannabinoids may hold significant antiviral potencies and could potentially be used to create a prophylactic treatment for COVID-19. The research into the impact of cannabinoid compounds on SARS-CoV-2 replication has generated a buzz on mainstream and social media leading some users to claim that consumption of marijuana can help prevent or fight COVID infection. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, there have been a number of scientific studies exploring the potential links between cannabis and COVID-19, including a January 2021 study assessing antiviral potencies of cannabinoids against SARS-CoV-2 and an Israeli project to develop CBD-based treatments for the coronavirus in 2020. More recently, a study conducted in conjunction with Oregon State University, published in the Journal of Natural Products on January 10th, indicated that cannabis compounds can be used as a therapeutic agent to block the COVID-19 virus from entering the body. This week, a team of researchers from the University of Chicago claimed to have found evidence that CBD, derived from a cannabis plant, can inhibit infection by SARS-CoV-2 in human cells and in mice. But while these and other studies into potential preventative or therapeutic treatments against the virus are encouraging, the headline-grabbing aspects of the research tend to obscure critical information and nuance in the findings, often leading to the proliferation of false or misleading interpretations. All that in itself could be a false or misleading interpretation okay so people are complaining that it may not be possible to achieve the right concentrations through smoking or with edibles says the fact that the acid would need to be extracted from hemp leaves as well as the high purity and quantity required for the effect to be tangible ruled out the more widespread methods of delivery such as smoking or consuming edibles with marijuana our infection inhibition assay results clearly indicate that CBDA and CBGA are both able to block cell entry by SARS-CoV-2. The concentrations needed to block infection by 50% of viruses is high, but might be clinically achievable, the research authors explained, reiterating that any potential treatment should be combined with proper doses of the COVID vaccine. Meanwhile, the University of Chicago study published on January 20th in Science Advances, claims in the abstract that cannabidol, or CBD, inhibits infection of SARS-CoV-2 in cells and in mice, offering yet another cause for cautious optimism. But it does not go as far as to justify the claims that marijuana can prevent COVID infection, nor that there is any reason to believe that marijuana could be more effective than vaccines. This research, which included both cell-based findings, preclinical studies, and analysis of patient data, Showing the link between CBD consumption and the SARS-CoV-2 infection rate Showing the link between CBD consumption and the SARS-CoV-2 infection rate concluded that CBD and its metabolite, 7-OH-CBD, can block SARS-CoV-2 infection at early and even later stages of infection. Booyah! That's cool! It also supported previous findings that the substance suppresses cytokine activation in response to viral infection, reducing the likelihood of immune cell recruitment and subsequent cytokine storms within the lungs and other affected tissues. Yeah, right off, fuck cytokines. But the authors also highlighted a number of issues, both with regards to using existing commercial products for prevention and treatment of COVID and developing new ones. While CBD-containing products are available on the market, they note that these products vary vastly in quality, CBD content, and in their pharmacokinetic properties after oral administration, which is mostly unknown. Additionally, the quantity and purity of CBD in these products were deemed insufficient, while additional compounds found in cannabis, such as THC, would be detrimental to the antiviral effects. Ow. Oh, I guess I got that part wrong. That sucks. Okay. Well, that's not, not quite as exciting, but still pretty awesome. Actually, it's even more awesome because anybody can use CBD. Let's see. Let's see what they say about that. This essentially eliminates the feasibility of marijuana serving as an effective source of antiviral CBD. In addition to issues related to its legal status, the study concludes, noting that other means of CBD administration, such as vaping and smoking, raise additional concerns about potential lung damage. While cautioning against the use of CBD in presently available formulations, including edibles, inhalants, or topicals as a preventative or treatment therapy, the researchers call for further studies and clinical trials to be conducted in order to establish the optimal means of compounds delivery to patients. Basically, they're saying, okay, well, it says right here, Newsweek, at least, says the ruling, mostly false. A number of scientific studies into the effects of CBD or compounds derived from cannabis on SARS-CoV-2 virus transmission have indeed shown promising results. However, did not broadly assess possible medicinal qualities or antiviral properties of the marijuana plant, which contains many other compounds in addition to CBD. Researchers also explicitly warned against the use of existing means of CBD delivery, such as edibles or inhalation, for treatment or preventative purposes and highlighted the importance of vaccinations against COVID. Huh? Well, that's a little bit unclear, isn't it? Okay. Well, before I read this Newsweek article, I, uh, I checked on its bias. I, I Googled. What is the bias of Newsweek? Political bias of Newsweek. And I got the answer it said centrist. So I think what they did there was just trying to cover all their political bases. They're like, all right. So, hey, everybody, it's true. CBD does does help with COVID a little bit, uh, but don't uh, still get the vaccination. Make sure you still get your shot, of course. Don't forget to get the shot. And so, so they're just like kind of lukewarm about it, you know, right in the middle. If that's, I mean, that's how I interpreted it. If you disagree or you have a different interpretation, drop me a line or go onto Facebook and leave a comment on the Ramble by the River page. But I don't know. It seems promising to me. That's a really cool finding. And I imagine. Since CBD is legal now, it's going to be really easy to research that. So we should know any time if that's legitimately true or not. So looking forward to that. In my opinion, this article really undersold the true potential or how excited we should be about this. There's a lot of nitpicking and like, oh, we don't know about the other parts of the plant. Um, Fuck that. Who cares? It's a plant. You know, people have been smoking it and consuming it for thousands of years. I think people are going to be fine. But, I mean, not to bitch, but... That's my opinion. I think that that article had a serious, um, like, you know, stick with the, the corporate model slant. But that being said, appreciate having it, and I had free access to it. So thank you, Newsweek, for that. Moving on. You may remember my guest today from his critically acclaimed appearance on season one of Ramble by the River, episode 22, Belial, Belial, one man's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk where he shared his experiences with his world travels and also surviving testicular cancer. So if you haven't checked that out, I will put a link in the show notes. Yeah, go check it out. Episode 22 from season one. Very good, especially for you men out there. Really made me rethink ever ignoring my balls again. It's been very helpful. And yeah, go check it out. He's a great guy. I've known him for a long time and he's he's interesting. He's funny. He's thoughtful. Yeah, he's got some cool stuff to talk about today. So without further ado, please give it up for the one and only Cooper Belial.
2: I'm free, ain't nobody take. It's crazy.
1: Cooper Belial as I live and breathe. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Of course. We are, we're live. We're going. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate Thank you it. so much for coming. Of course. How you been, man? It's been a year, or I guess, when, when was your episode? April or so? I think it was April, yeah. April. Um, it's been one of my favorite episodes still to this day. I love that one. It was fun to make. It was really fun to do. And I st- I still like listening to it. It's a good one. People have enjoyed it.
0: I, I share the same sentiment, man. Yeah, I've had a lot of good feedback, and you know, I'm, I don't, I'm I'm not the most interesting guy in the world, but I think we had a really interesting conversation for sure. So
1: I think you're a very interesting guy.
0: Yeah, we all got our own story. That's right. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, I was uh, planning on coming down a couple weeks ago, but uh, I got the old Rona.
1: Oh, you did.
0: I did. Yeah.
1: Which one did you get?
0: I don't, they don't tell you i don't think yeah i took an at-home test tested positive i was gonna come down early uh january but um see my dad for the holidays and whatnot but uh yeah i don't want to make him or anybody else sick so i uh laid in my bed for a week felt sorry for myself and uh got through it but i'm alive
1: man yeah it, it definitely would appear so <laughs> what, what was that like what was it uh what was the experience like was it pretty bad. Yeah, um
0: I got pretty sick. I started feeling kind of, it was a Monday night I started feeling not too great and then by Wednesday I was like pretty much better and <laughs> like yeah, it was a pounding headache, fever. I was either like sweating like I ran a marathon in Phoenix during July or I was like freezing to death. It was no in between. It was uh, it was like a roller coaster, but you know, I uh, stayed hydrated, watched Netflix, and I just, I pretty much quarantined myself in my room for like five days straight because I don't want to make anybody else sick. But, you know, we're all going to probably get it eventually. So
1: It's starting to look that way, huh?
0: Yeah. So it's a bummer, but, you know, I was going to come down, but I don't want to make my dad or anybody else I know sick. So I just laid low, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's not as scary as it was a year and a
1: half ago or two years ago.
0: Yeah, we've come a long way. I mean, this whole thing has been, I mean, none of us have been through a pandemic pandem- 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 before. So we're all kind of learning as we go. But, um, you know. We just, we're, we're gonna make it through it did yeah. you get hospitalized i did not no um, so
1: no monoclonal antibodies uh
0: yeah um no i i took some medicine um my, my next door neighbor is actually a nurse she, she hooked me up with some some medicine she got from the hospital and you know I, I by then i was kind of getting past it already so i'm not quite sure how well it helped but i like to think i'm reasonably healthy i'm young i, I don't smoke i'm
1: not you know not too out of shape thankfully so speaking of smoking I saw an article just the other day about THC, and it actually is correlated with, um, well, I don't remember exactly how they worded it. I don't want to make a bad claim, but sure, it's associated with uh, better circumstances with COVID. Like mm-hmm. it protects you from, from COVID, something to do with the spike protein and the cannabinoid receptors, but interesting stuff. So yeah. it's interesting stuff.
0: I've actually heard the same thing. I mean, I've never smoked weed. I mean, I smoked weed a little bit when I was younger, but it's just never been my thing. Nothing against it. It just makes me kind of antsy. And I'm not a very fun person to be around when I'm high. So uh, (laughs) I gave that up a long time ago. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I think everybody should, you know, toke up here and there every once in a while.
1: Well, if they don't want to get COVID. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. yep. (laughs) Yeah. Cheech and Chong, uh, they're immune pretty much. So
1: (laughs) That is interesting, though. I would like to see a lot more research on that definitely they could do it um what is it epidemiologically epidemiological study where they just call and ask oh not call nobody answers their phone anymore but they just survey people and they ask like hey do you smoke weed hey did you get covid boom correlation they'll figure out if it's true or not the bigger sample size the you know more pronounced they'll notice the effect if it's there 100%. So that'd be interesting to find out that probably won't happen Seems like a lot of the studies for that kind of thing are funded by specific entities for and sure. they're looking for specific results. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's been nuts, man. I mean, I can see both sides of the aisle in the argument, you know, like I- I'm vaccinated, you know. Me too. Unfortunately I had a pretty bad reaction to my to the vaccine. I was also pretty much better written for like. You're trying four to get me short. shadow banned, man. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying I'm anti vax I mean I think people should have a choice to do what they want. I mean I I'm I'm kind of the outlier. Obviously the majority of people are totally fine, but you know
1: Yeah, so you had a bad reaction and you're still willing to get it again. Like you'd still do it again.
0: I'm kind of on the fence actually. Now that I've actually had COVID, I have antibodies now and I like to think I mean again I'm no doctor, but I like to think I'm I'm better protected against it, but you know, um, I think you are.
1: I believe that's the data, what the data says. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, obviously, again, we're only a couple of years into this thing. We still have some more stuff to learn about everything that's going on. I mean, but the other thing is I've always had bad reactions with my travels. I've gotten a million vaccines through the year and I, I got yellow fever vaccine about God, five, six years ago when I originally went to Africa. And that also made me incredibly sick. So I think it's just a vaccine. That's just thing. your
1: immuno reaction.
0: I guess, yeah. I mean, I've never been, I mean, besides, besides cancer, I've never been like really, really sick in my entire <laughs> life besides getting vaccines. I mean, yeah, uh, R C uh, cancer was the
1: outlier. Kind of yeah, but uh, I mean. Other than just that one time I got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that is, that, cancer is its own category. It's like, it's not a, it's not an infection. It's not a virus. It's it's just something that's kind of intrinsic in our DNA and it oh. just goes haywire. I was destined to, since the day I was born to get it, you know, so. hmm But, uh, yeah, um, you know, we got a lot to learn, but, um... Oh, by the way, listeners, if you haven't already heard Cooper's last appearance on the podcast and you're curious about his cancer, we talked all about it on that episode. Go back and check that one out. Funny story. (laughs) It's a great story. That was really, really opened my eyes. I've touched my balls so much more (laughs) in the last year because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Speaking of my balls. Okay. I got to get something off my chest. (laughs) Lay I've been out. a very outspoken proponent of the vasectomy procedure. Yep. You know, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a quick tear and snip, clip, boom, bang, done. hmm But, okay, those things are still true, but I was unaware of the after effects. Outrageous amounts of itching. That, really? Oh, my God, Cooper, the itching. It's It's unreal. I it, like. I don't even use an alarm clock anymore, because I get out of bed and start my day when my balls itch too bad to stay asleep. You should probably see a doctor. I have. I have seen a doctor, um, and the the results of that were, oh yeah, vasectomy scars are itchy, and something about that uh, just didn't strike me as information oh. that mattered in in the in the lead up to it. Sure. Uh, but then once it, you know, once the rubber hits the road. Oh, God. I, I never had that. I mean, I, 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 as, as I told you last time,
0: I had a vasectomy, too. And I had pain for maybe three, four days. Slight pain. That was it. No itching around your scars. Not Negative. Did you have an incision or the tear? Uh, I believe it was an incision. Yeah. They numb <laughs> you, slice, cut, tie off.
1: Those son of a bitches.
0: Yeah, I don't know,
1: man. They sold me on the tear. They used a little contraption that rather than slicing the skin... The scrotum with a with a scalpel, they hooked me up to this little th- machine that like tore a hole in it. Really? Like, yeah. And the justification for that was that it's your skin is like a lattice work, and when you do it that way, and it's an irregular edge, mm-hmm. it heals better, and it heals in a more uh, connected way. Sure. Sure. The scarring will be less, and so when that gets severed, it causes problems in your movement patterns and you know neural feedback. Yeah. Which something. Maybe that did work. Maybe that's why it's maybe that's the problem. The lattice work connected up so good that these nerves that weren't getting, you know, good connection before, now they're like hyper connected. So I'm just aware of every little itch. Wow. Dude, it's insane. I've never experienced an itch like this. Um never heard of that. Oh, it's just crazy. Just crazy.
0: Yeah, well, um, apparently when Whenever a man was diagnosed with testicular cancer back in the day, they used to actually cut through the sack, not to get too graphic here on Ramble by the River. i bring but, it out, man. Yeah, People need to know. Apparently, I guess they used to actually cut through the sack and just take it right out in there. And they obviously, that kind of place is not, doesn't heal up the best, kind of case in point in your situation. And then they, they kind of learned, eventually they started cutting through the groin like they did with me, and they cut through all that muscle right there. And, you know, that's a lot, obviously. So they go down of, from the top. Exactly. Yeah, I have a huge 6-inch scar, on my 6-inch scar on my groin. And uh, yeah, they rather cut through all that muscle and pull it out that way than wow. have a nasty healing, you know, situation. So I had no idea, but well, yeah, yeah, 45 minutes later I was uh, flying solo. So
1: <laughs> There's a lot of blood going in and out of that area. It's probably risky to cut into it. For I sure. bet I bet a lot of people bled out back then.
0: Oh yeah, oh, and that's the other thing. yeah, I hear if, you know, God forbid you ever get your uh, boys removed, you pretty much are gonna bleed, bleed out the, yeah, it's not not good. <laughs> yeah
1: but, man, uh... old time medicine barbaric. <laughs> no, right? Pretty interesting though.
0: yeah, we learned a lot, yeah.
1: there's a lot of good uh, Twitter follows what i I forgot what the one is, Lindsay Fitz or something. She has a great Twitter feed that's all about these old-time methods like Victorian-era surgeries and stuff. Really crazy stuff. Not even all of it's that old. Like frontal lobotomies, you know mm. what, about those? I know what lobotomy is, yeah, but... They were doing those in the 50s. Really? Up, up till the 1960s, uh, I'm pretty sure. And they were a very common thing. Tons of people got them. It's just like something you could do on your lunch break like, I'll go get my anus bleached and get a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> hey, I do it every week. <laughs> the lobotomy was a procedure that was popularized in the 1940s and 50s, and they continued to do them up into the 1960s. The inventor received the Nobel Prize in 1949 for the procedure, and shortly thereafter it began to fall out of favor because of the popularization of newer techniques such as antidepressants. The procedure of a lobotomy involved taking a device that looked much like an ice pick. It was a long, thin spike, and it would be pushed through the thin bone next to the eye socket and into the brain, into the frontal portion of the brain, the frontal lobe, and then they would do a back and forth motion, like a windshield wiper, and that would sever the connections between the frontal lobe and the rest of the brain. Sounds horrifying. It sounds pretty not precise. It it doesn't sound like a very good way to do a brain surgery. Just like plunging a spike through the thinnest part of your face. They used it a lot for people who were hard to control. People who were not responding to other methods. People who were otherwise going to be locked in padded rooms and probably abused. So it was seen as a miracle cure. Because people who were before that very hard to control were suddenly more manageable just goes to show you that people will do crazy things and just because everybody else is accepting it doesn't mean it's okay this is clearly a crazy thing to do to people and we did it we allowed this to go on for almost 30 years and it wasn't that long ago so i don't know something to think about
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that kind of reminds me of like you know Not to get too dark, but all the research that went on during the Holocaust and, you know, all the crazy things they were tragically doing to some of the prisoners over in these concentration camps. And thankfully, their deaths weren't in vain. We learned a lot about what the human body is about and what it can withstand and how how the human body reacts to different surgeries and medicine and you know it was absolutely not worth it I mean obviously these these are things we would have learned eventually through time and through medicine and science
1: one would hope but that's not guaranteed yeah
0: so you know I mean I I love world war ii I'm a huge world war ii buff I can I like to think I know quite a bit about the matter but learning about that always kind of you know always kind of I felt sad reading about it and learning about it but we thankfully gained decades of research in a matter of years you know yeah
1: and not only just in the science of biology and you know what humans are capable of because they were trying to build super soldiers and yeah seeing how long people could go without sleep and food like all kinds of horrible stuff exactly but and probably a lot more that we don't even know about yeah and yeah terrible but we also learned about what you can do in research and that established a lot of things like ethics committees now Mm -hmm. keep people from going into those you know dangerous ethical areas exactly and we might not have got that without all that stuff let alone all the scientific discoveries and the volkswagen beetle
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you gotta have one i've always wanted to have I mean obviously the history there i mean hitler had a beetle so you know it's always kind of that I mean, whenever i i'm one of those people whenever i look at a beetle i'm like oh nazis like
1: (laughs) me too (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) but yeah i mean god they sold 60 million of those
1: haven't they sold more cars than anybody else volkswagen um, I think they're I, the number one auto producer ever. God, they've
0: been around forever. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I know their factory in Germany. I think it's the largest building in the world. I believe, if the, I'm not mistaken, in Berlin,
1: or something like Berlin?
0: that. Um, you you would know. You're better traveled. Uh, I I think it might be in Frankfurt, but uh, no. I don't know why I'm thinking that. But um, regardless, yeah, it's a, I mean, they make th- their entire Volkswagen production is out of that one building, to my knowledge. It's crazy.
1: I'm gonna look up which company has had the most. Which auto manufacturer? God, that's...
0: I know the Ford F one hundred and fifty. I believe is the best selling car every year. Oh, really? I, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Um.
1: Oh, I was wrong. So, oh, that's twenty seventeen.
0: We need real updated results. Damn it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, the top telling car of all time is the Toyota Corolla. Okay. And followed by the Ford F-Series, then the Volkswagen Golf, the Volkswagen Beetle.
0: Oh, hey, we, we were close.
1: Yeah. Doesn't say which manufacturer. Okay, here we go. It still says 2017. 2017. Come on, Google. <laughs> but Toyota in 2017 sold the most, if you guys care, which you don't.
0: I mean, yeah, it is the most valuable. I believe it is, isn't the most v- valuable car company on the world. Um, again, I could be wrong, but... Tesla's got to be. Tesla's up there, yeah, I mean, with that stock value. Yeah, Speaking of which, count that. I mean, And now, their holdings. God, I'm, I've eaten so much shit on the stock market this past couple of months. It's, it's been, been bad. Enough. Yeah, but hey, hold
1: in there, hold the line. I hope anyone out there listening, I hope you guys haven't had too bad of losses. But, yeah. Yeah. But uh, It mean, doesn't hey, matter whose advice you followed either. Either Like, everything's down, except for some really obscure alternative cryptos and stuff like that. Some, a few gaming coins, yeah. and things like that, but—
0: We'll bounce back. We'll be all right.
1: I'm not even worried. It'll happen. Yeah. It's just not as fun right now. I
0: know, I know, right?
1: I don't, I'm not built for the bear market. I don't, <laughs> I don't like to sell stuff and it, it, cause then I'm always like, oh, then I got to pay taxes. And I just, I would rather just accumulate little bits by bits and just hold. Yeah, exactly.
0: But I mean, I mean, 30 years from now, this, we've forgotten all about this, you know, yeah. Thank, hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there might be a crash coming. I mean, nobody knows that's an amazing thing. I mean, it's. Probably four people know what's really going to happen, the rest. The ones of with the coming. most money, exactly. Well, because
1: then they they have a choice. Yeah. Like if uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, sat. Uh, God, I just had it. The the big coin guy who owns um. Fuck, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the company too. Ethereum. No, it's a it's a private company that they buy just insane amounts of Bitcoin. Mm. The guy is uh, always talking about it. Michael Saylor. Gotcha. Yeah. Michael yeah. Saylor. If you're Michael Saylor. You get to have a little bit of say in what the price does because if you sell, it's crashing, and if you you know if you decide to go buy in more, it's going to go up because he's got so much money. Yeah, it seems a little. I mean,
0: that seems a little kind of a little suspect a little bit. Um, you know. There's not
1: a lot of people in that position. True. You, I'm talking on my ass. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there is no one who has that much in Bitcoin, but I'm sure there are stocks and. Plenty of altcoins where that is the case, where the developers keep a big bag, just so they can, you know, use it to manipulate the price, which is not even always bad. It's a lot of times that needs to happen just so it can maintain value. Yeah, I'm involved in a couple projects where they do airdrops of their tokens. So this one's called Cave World. Check it out. It's one of the ones that seems like it's actually going to be successful. A lot of these projects are just a crapshoot. It's just like I like this one so I'm going to support it, but I don't know if it's going to make it long-term. For sure. Cave World is one that I actually think will. They have a whole team of developers. They're hiring people for marketing, all this stuff. They're a legit company. Um, I bought five of their Caveman tokens, like, not tokens, but NFTs, like, back when they dropped in September. And then they just kind of sat around the same value, around one Solana for a long time. Mm -hmm. I just kind of forgot about them. They're not that Exciting to me, the art is not really, uh, it's there's not a lot of variation in the art, they're all pretty similar. So, I didn't think much of it, but I was like, okay, they're making a game, they say they're making a game, so well, something may come of this eventually. Yeah, and then lo and behold, they produced a coin, cave coin, and they said, hey, everybody, all the holders, you're gonna get airdropped some of this cave coin, and it's gonna be used in the upcoming game. Mm-hmm. It's a legit game, they have a whole team building it, and um, so the value of this cave coin started shooting up. And wow. it, over the course of a few weeks, I had, it, it was worth $10,000. What? And I got it for free. <laughs> and my dumb ass didn't sell it. And uh, It'll be back. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. And um, I knew I was supposed to sell it. And then I was like, well, no, what do you mean you're going to sell it? And then this game blows up and these coins are worth a hundred grand and you just got out at the very beginning like this? It's a few weeks old. What are you doing? But I was wrong. I should have sold it, (laughs) and I should have sold it. I could be buying back in a week later for one-tenth of the price because it fucking crashed. Really? Just dumped. And uh, it's a brand-new coin, so obviously it's going to have huge amounts of volatility, huge swings. I should have known I could have shorted that. It was an opportunity that just slapped me in the face, and I lost it. So that's a bummer. I still have all the cave coin. I actually staked it, so I have – more than I did then, but nice. it's worth one tenth of the amount of money. Hey, you never know, man. And I don't barely play video games. So it's <laughs> like, what am I going to buy? Some potions in the game? And I, that's the thing is like, I, I'm not a gamer, really. I'm, I, for the most part, I'm not. I I'm mean, obsessed. <laughs> I will say I can play some Beat Saber on the VR headset. Hell yeah. But beyond that, maybe Donkey Kong on Super <laughs> Nintendo. But the concept of Play to earn, and just crypto gaming. Period is so appealing to me as an investment opportunity because I know it's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. Why? Why would it not be? This is a huge opportunity for the disenfranchised to make some bucks, like to actually make some money without leaving their house. If they have the right computing systems and you know gaming systems, whatever ends up coming out, it's going to be really cool. So I'm trying to get my foot in the door while it's still affordable, Um, and it's it's exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, these, this whole NFT thing—I'm not quite sure what to think about it. Because um, obviously, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum—these all have like intrinsic value, and you can actually you can buy a car with Bitcoin these days. And you know, I mean, I'm to be honest, I don't know that much about NFTs. I just—I know they've been around for God, four or five months now. It hasn't been Longer super than that. long. Has few it years. been? Yeah, a few really? years. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow! Well, I have just started Since really Ethereum about started about it. offering NFTs. Oh, okay. But I know some people have made millions overnight buying these things, getting in, getting in early. And video games now are more popular than ever. I'm sure. I don't, did you see that Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activision?
1: Oh yeah, I did.
0: Sixty nine billion. They,
1: they make the Unreal Engine, right? Is that no, that's is that actually by, by
0: uh, Epic Games? I believe oh, makes uh, Unreal. To my knowledge,
1: no, um, no, that's that's Fortnite, isn't it?
0: Well, they do both I believe. Oh, if I'm cool. not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, uh, Epic's been around forever. Um they they're known most mostly known for um Unreal and um and Gears of War and stuff like that. They're based okay. out of North Carolina. Um again, I could be wrong, but I believe that's what's going I believe that's how it works. And basically they make game engines and um I believe every developer that utilizes one of their game engines, they have to pay them I think uh, like 33% wow or it's it's something yeah and that's how they've been able to make make so much money over the years that pretty much they make these game engines and they sit back and collect money um and then they have a game that blows up like Fortnite, with
1: with uh yeah in-game purchases exactly
0: yeah completely free to play but they've made tens of billions of dollars over through the years and it's just yeah Fortnite. i mean not so much not so very not so popular with the older you know crowd but all the kids i know, you know, my nephew loved Fortnite.
1: Yeah, my kids liked
0: it. It is
1: all it's the only game i heard about for yeah. a while.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, but Microsoft recently purchased uh, Activision Blizzard, which is one of the largest game publishers on planet Earth. Yeah, they own StarCraft, um Call of Duty, uh Crash Bandicoot, Overwatch, you know, and it was i think it was the largest video game acquisition of all time, 69 billion dollars.
1: Billion? Yeah.
0: Absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean... That's amazing. To put it in context, Disney bought Star Wars like eight years ago for like $4 billion. Yeah. And fast forward to 2022, Microsoft is paying $69 billion for a a company essentially. Yeah, with a lot of IP, intellectual property. Exactly. I mean, time will tell. I don't think it was a very smart investment from what I do know of the video game industry. It's going to take a long time for them to make their money back. Call of Duty is one of the best-selling games every single year. It's That's one of the best-selling games of all time. I love Call of Duty, yeah, personally. Um, I'm, I'm more of a PlayStation guy at heart, but, um, you know, I, I have an Xbox Series X, and I've always loved Xbox as well, but it's it's just, I, I blew my mind. I, no, I did not see that coming at all. It's crazy. That is really crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah I bought a couple of shares of Activision Blizzard a couple of years ago when I just first started getting into stocks. Yep. I wonder what it's at now. Mm. I, I ended up selling it off to buy crypto.
0: Actually, I I own a couple of shares of Activision as well, and I've I've sold them as well. But I think it jumped like twenty something percent overnight. Not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I, I own Microsoft currently, and obviously, it's going to be good for that as well. But uh, it's just crazy, man. It's a crazy world we live in. Everything's just it really uh, is. Money is just flying around this country.
1: It's insane. Yeah, the amounts of capital that exist right now, it's unreal. It's unprecedented, and it's a lot of it's kind of imaginary money. It, because it's like it's all digital mm-hmm. it's a lot of this money will never exist in physical form ever it's like it's gone it's interest it's on balance sheets thing it's just
0: yeah i believe microsoft made the whole transaction with pure liquidity it was straight cash actually wow which is yeah i mean we, like, if you want to know how much money microsoft makes every year wow isn't that yeah isn't that crazy they didn't
1: have to take out any kind of loan to to spend 69 billion dollars uh,
0: yeah I've, if i'm not mistaken i believe it was a hundred percent cash deal just, I mean, it's going to take a couple of years to finalize, obviously. But, uh, I mean, Activision Blizzard is currently going through a, a sexual harassment scandal. It's been going on for about a year now with their uh, CEO, Bobby Kodak, who's one of the richest people in America. I don't know. If you have that much money, just quit. I don't understand. I mean, I get, you know, yeah. p- some guys get a power trip and they and also, want to don't be in And also, don't sexually power. harass people. More importantly, yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> but um, I don't think he was actually personally responsible. But I believe the entire company has had, like, a known... Um, you know reputation of having that kind of thing go around which obviously is not okay but um well it seems like that
1: microsoft would have got a bit of a deal then maybe they did
0: exactly that yeah was, their stock has been kind of declining and they saw an opportunity to get in while it's cold and you know and wow
1: maybe it would have been 70 billion <laughs> you know it's crazy that doesn't sound like a lot different but it's a billion dollars different. yeah ridiculous. that's a lot of money yeah but i know
0: there's people in the world who think a billion is a hundred million But in Mm -hmm. all reality, it's actually a thousand million dollars.
1: Yeah. And none of those people who think that have any money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, It's just, I I could never, I mean, a billion dollars is such an unfathomable amount of money. I could never even like see what that looks like, like.
1: No, I don't. I, when you said that they did a cash deal, I, I had immediately pictured like semi truck fulls of Benjamins. Right. But I mean, I know that cash deal doesn't necessarily mean they handed them paper.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, you guys count this. We'll yeah. be back. <laughs> it just means like we actually have this money. Mm-hmm. It's not money we're borrowing. It's, it's insane. Um, so I've been trying to look into trading on margin because um, I keep hearing it, people using that as the reasons why the market's crashing. Cause, and it's, it's, It's a tale as old as time. That's why the housing market crashed. Mm
0: -hmm. People were too over leveraged. And the banks got greedy and were giving anybody a mortgage
1: that had a pulse, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because if they default, it was good for the bank. Exactly. It's not fair. Predatory lending.
0: Then they got bailed out and paid themselves bonuses and no one went to jail. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still sour about it. I mean, I get it. We had to do something, but... But that... True. Yeah, I've always gone back and forth. I don't know if I support the bailouts or not because it would have been, like, apoca- apocalyptic, you know? Like, I was or 18 at the time. Like, I had, I didn't
1: have a mortgage. I had no stake in the game, but, you We know, were just starting our adult lives, though, and in, in entering an economy that was in shambles. Phew, so, scary. it did affect us. I remember thinking that, too. I was just like, eh, whatever. I'm already poor. <laughs> like, what is it? It's not going to get any worse. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, it was god and you know now we're going kind of right right round in circles I mean now we're looking
1: at a potentially another crash or something like that I mean again who knows but it seems likely to me yeah just based on the current monetary policies yeah. and it's like the government just keeps pushing the ball further down the court mm-hmm. that's not that's not the right analogy you know what I mean though pass the buck <laughs> kicking the can yeah kicking the can that's what I was looking for but it's gonna eventually need to be addressed it's like the national debt, people don't even talk about that anymore because that's like, it's, it's not even real. Like something ridiculous. <laughs> I have no idea. The <laughs> yeah, last time yeah. I checked, it was like ten. Trillion. I don't think anybody knows. I don't <laughs> think they
0: even know. Like, Probably not. Hey, it's going to be our grandkids' problem. Screw it, you know?
1: National debt. Woo! wee This is bad, guys. Okay, did a little research. Wanted to put in a good ding here. This information is from the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. I know nothing about it. And I trust it. It looks legit. It's got really nice infographics. The national debt is now more than $29 trillion. $29 trillion. $29 trillion. What? What does that mean? On December 17th, 2021, the gross federal debt of the United States had surpassed $29 trillion. Although the debt affects each of us, it may be difficult to put such a large number into perspective and fully understand its implications. The infographic below shows the different ways of looking at the debt and its relationship to the economy, the budget, and American families. I will post a link to this in the show notes. The $29 trillion gross federal debt includes debt held by the public as well as debt held by federal trust funds and other government accounts. In very basic terms, this can be thought of as the debt the government owes to others plus the debt it owes to itself. America's high and rising debt matters because it threatens our economic future. The coronavirus pandemic rapidly accelerated our fiscal challenges, but we were already on an unsustainable path. With structural drivers that existed long before COVID, putting our nation on a better fiscal path will help ensure a stronger and more resilient economy for the future. Okay, well, thanks for the advice. So you heard them, guys. We got to put ourselves on a better economic path, better fiscal path. So how exactly do we do that Peter G. Peterson Foundation? They didn't really include that. The infographic shows some pretty cool information. The national debt has now surpassed 29 trillion. 23 trillion of that is held by the public. 6 trillion is held in intra governmental debt. $29 trillion is greater than the economies of these countries combined China, Japan, Germany, United Kingdom, and India. China and India are the two largest countries on the planet, are they not by population? They are. By the way, this is my first ding within a ding. I thought it was kind of cool. Back to the ding. I don't know. United States and India might be close. Regardless, that's a lot of fucking money. It's bigger than the economy of China. China makes everything. Oh my God, this is scary. That amounts to $223,000 per household, or $87,000 per person in America. Oh, no big deal. All we have to do to pay this debt off is... Each of us just had to fork out a quick $87,000 and we'll be good. If every U.S. household contributed $1,000 per month toward paying down the national debt, it would take 19 years. That's too long. Plus, the debt's still rising, and it can harm our economy and threaten opportunities for every single American. $29 trillion is enough to cover a four-year degree program for every graduating U.S. high school senior for 72 years. Oh, my God. Within 10 years, the federal government will spend nearly as much on interest payments as it does on research and development, infrastructure, and education combined. We are not investing enough in our future. This is very terrifying. But we are spending $900 million a day on interest payments on the debt. That's a lot. Who's paying those and where are we sending the money? When the health crisis is under control, it will be important to work on this together we got to find some su- sustainable solutions according to peter g wow guys that sucks well i guess i don't have to tell you this go on with your life nothing we can do about it don't worry about it we'll be fine who's keeping track of this on the other end is there china is there someone there with a with a you know Balance book, who's keeping track? Like, hey, you still owe us exactly. Oh, you think it's 10 trillion? No, no, 40 trillion. Right. Yeah. And like, who's going to challenge it? It's like, oh, we're just instead just going to take your country.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, this is China now. I think kind of their game is, you know, obviously with inflation over time, the debt will essentially theoretically get smaller because the dollar will be worth, I mean, like, basically with inflation, it'll, it'll, I believe it'll get smaller in time the debt. So Isn't you know, there interest though. There is, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think that's kind of their game plan. Is are right, we wait this out long enough? Thirty years from now, thirty trillion won't be that much, you know, in the okay. grand scheme of things. That's a
1: dumbass plan. It,
0: I, <laughs> it, the whole thing is dumb. Yeah, and you know, and yeah, you know, I'll be we'll be lucky to get our social security at this point. It seems like, and it's just you know, I, that's why I always kind of stress is like get your apples in a row now, and you know. Get your ducks in a row if you will, and your apples, and fun. your yeah, everything. <laughs> and, Line them uh, up, <laughs> and just you know, start making decisions now. So when you are sixty-five, hopefully you can retire and you know enjoy the last ten years of your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's my plan at least. But More than ten years. My friend just retired. He's seventy-eight, and okay. he 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 wants to come back. <laughs> really? Yeah. He misses it already. He he's like, fuck. I wasn't done. I'm still young. <laughs> I'm only 78 years old yeah hey, I respect it I mean I had to think
0: I'll always work here and there just a little bit but
1: yeah that's how you stay young and and he, he talks about that he's actually coming on the podcast in a, a few weeks he talks about that he's like I don't I don't have anything else to do this is what I do Yeah, like I get up and I come do this I work the people who retire they just get old <laughs> that's what happens is you get old I'll be 32 next month man it's like where'd, where'd it go I know goes by so fast
0: i'm i'm halfway to 64 that's just insane to me
1: yeah but
0: so it's, far so good i'm alive so hey
1: yeah exactly Every day's a miracle pretty much i'm happy to be where i'm at i i remember when my parents were this age which is a strange thing because right. they seemed way older than i feel they also looked way older than i look
0: <laughs> 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 yeah i mean you take care of yourself so i'm just
1: kidding mom and dad <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I mean, I think my dad was 32 when he had me and my sister. So, yeah, it's kind of weird to think, like, I'm at that stage that he was in his life. But It's
1: weird to picture your dad pregnant.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen the pictures. <laughs> it still kind of looks like he is a little bit. Kind of looks like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Junior. <laughs> junior. Oh, man. Yeah, but it's just, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine having a kid. But, hey, maybe one day I'll adopt. Who knows?
1: Yeah, you should. I think you'd be such a good dad. It's fun, man. If yeah. you've got the time to be to to really put your attention into it. If you're focused on your career or you know hunting for pussy, <laughs> then it's not going to be that great because it's it is. It takes all your full attention. Mm. But if yeah, you sure. have a balanced life and there's space in it for um, another person, a kid is awesome. I think it's. Really, I think and I just think you have a lot to share. I think you'd be a really good dad.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I mean, I I can tell, like, they'd be my best friend for sure. And, like, once they get to that age where we can actually have conversations and we can go do stuff and play video games together
1: and... That stuff happens so much earlier than you think. Does it? Yeah. The conversation, I mean, you can have them before they can even talk because they understand what you're saying. And they can communicate on their level, whether that's, you know, with sounds or just emotions or movements or whatever. When you spend that much time with a person, you get to know what they want and what they're trying to communicate. It's cool. 100%. They don't play video games for shit, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll still kick their ass in Mario Kart. Yeah. Any day of the week.
1: I will say, though, Amelia has impressed me about the Oculus. So we we got an Oculus for Christmas. I really got it for myself, to be <laughs> 100%. honest. 100%. I've wanted one for a long time, really since I was a little kid. I've always I've followed that technology from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember when Oculus was just a startup before Facebook acquired them and all that. And yeah. they, were, they had no product. They were just like, hey, guys, this is what we want to build. And this is what we have, a prototype. It was like a big black thing with a bunch of cords sticking out of it. They're like tethered to a computer. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait. And I, it was obvious it's still years out. So it's like, I just got to wait. Yeah. Uh, same feeling I got when I started seeing Teslas being produced. I was just like, this is going to be big. And so finally, I bought the thing just around Christmas because I they were at Costco and they're finally uh, a consumer friendly price, like relatively speaking, still fairly expensive, but yeah, I got one and I loved it immediately. I was just like, "This is so cool!" Mm-hmm. Beat Saber, the game where it's like basically Guitar Hero or Dance Dance Revolution, yeah. but with lightsabers and you <laughs> you dancing and chopping big lit up blocks with swords it's it's so much fun it's a workout I fucking love it yeah I've been doing it a lot and I let Amelia try it and I didn't think she'd be able to do it but she can she's pretty good at it for a three year old wow yeah
0: PlayStation's coming out with their own VR. Um, they, they, well, they currently already have one, but I think it only sold a couple million units, which is, you know, not too bad. But... The one that's
1: got like a recessed head strap, does it, it look a little different?
0: Yeah, I've actually never actually played one. Um kind of hard yeah. to find these days, but they're coming out with a new one that's going to be, it's not wireless, but it has adaptive controllers um, with uh, like dual sense feedback, so they vibrate different ways and they give you different sensation in your in your hands when you're holding them, cool. which is going to be really cool. Uh, really, um, I think they're super high dev uh, Vision with a they have eye tracking as well, so instead of like turning your head, you can actually just look, and it'll actually give you the view in the game of what you want to actually be looking at.
1: I have thought they needed that.
0: Yeah, so I I I believe it's coming out this year. They haven't announced a release date, but I'm definitely gonna be buying one because I mean that's kind of the future. I mean, what do you think about this whole metaverse situation with Facebook and whatnot?
1: I it's I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think that's gonna be either it's a fork in the road for sure. It's either gonna be the beginning of the end. For the Zuckerberg Empire. Yeah. Or it's gonna be the next big thing. And it's it's there's probably not gonna be a lot of in-between. I mean, ask Tom from MySpace. <laughs> right. There's something else is definitely right on their heels to come up and replace them. Who knows what TikTok might make of their own metaverse or something. There there's a lot of metaverse talk going around right now. It's very buzzy, but it there hasn't been all that much to come to fruition yet. Like I've never I haven't even checked out the Facebook offerings, the meta metaverse i'm not going to let facebook steal the term metaverse <laughs> i'll call it the meta metaverse because right. that's not they don't just get to take the term because they want to because they're the biggest the the crypto world was using that term long before them long before they made the switch i even said it on the podcast before they before they switched over and, really? yeah and i remember i was like embarrassed <laughs> uh, but it's that's what we were calling it
0: i mean yeah i know the controversy is like Eventually, possibly VR is going to become so good and so you know exhilarating, if you will, that people are just going to go home from work and just plug into these machines, and they're going to live their whole lives and go to Nicaragua or go to Paris, and you know they're going to be kind of they're going to go to work, and all they're going to care about is paying their electricity bill, their Wi-Fi, and so they can go home and just be stuck in this you know digital world. And why is that a problem? Because I feel like people are going to be scared that that's going to be better than the real thing.
1: What if it is? It might be, but that's, you know. Where does that go from there? Where does that lead down the line? What what do you see that bringing
0: about? I mean, mean, there could be a lot of good things about it. It could stop pollution. It could stop people instead of... Getting on an airplane and going to Paris, they can just go home and put on goggles and walk the, you know, walk around the Louvre for a couple hours. There's some good things about it, but I think maybe we'll lose some humanity a little bit because we're already so stuck in our phones and stuck in our own ways, and we're all, you know, kind of, especially with you know the pandemic, we've all kind of distanced ourselves from each other a little bit, and this is only going to exacerbate things. So, I mean, who knows? You know, there's a lot of cool things I can see about it. I mean, I've always thought that video games have always kind of held VR back, like I because think- they're so good. That, but I think we're concentrating too much on the on the gaming aspect of everything. Like I said, what if you, you know, if you want to see U2 in concert instead of getting on a plane and flying all the way to London to go see U2 and spending all this money, what's stopping people from just putting on a, a VR headset? And right then and there, you're in your living room watching U2 and it's going to look amazing. I mean this technology is, you know, growing so, so fast. And I think that'd be really cool. And I think we're concent- we're concentrating too much on the gaming aspect on that side of things. And I really think there's a lot of other cool applications that we can utilize.
1: Yeah, I think you're totally right. And um, I mean, specifically U2, why'd you select U2? It's just the first band that came to my mind. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. um, I have this thing about U2. It's like an inside joke with my wife. Okay. Um, YouTube's fine. They're, they're whatever, but several years ago, Apple decided to put a YouTube album on every iPhone I remember for free. Yeah. And I don't know if this happens to everyone else, but I've been through several iPhones since then that fucking album is yep. still on there, and every time I plug in my phone to a to a car, it automatically starts playing. Dude, same actually. Yeah, cuz I don't use iTunes, so that's like the only thing I have on there. Yeah, I've grown to despise YouTube because of that. Especially, Sorry, Bono.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember everybody was like, "Get this shit off my fucking phone." Yeah, yeah
1: and it like my <clears throat> it'll start playing randomly. Like one time, I was in a grocery store, and I hear and there's just music. I'm just like ah, oh, that fucking YouTube song. <laughs> I'm even playing it on the radio, and I realized, no, no, it's just blasting from my pocket. It's like God. Damn it, YouTube, you got me again. <laughs> actually
0: that the exact same thing has happened to me because I use Spotify. So mm-hmm. and, me too. Uh, whenever my MacBook will randomly start playing music, it goes to my iTunes, obviously, because that's it's its own uh, music software and fucking YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, actually in the future I'm not gonna go to any YouTube concerts. But, because it'll uh, <laughs>
1: already be downloaded on your headset. <laughs> exactly.
0: I'll be good <laughs> to go. <laughs> But uh, I mean, it's really exciting, man. Who who knows what's gonna happen?
1: I'm pretty excited about AR as well, augmented yeah. reality. Yeah. The I just saw the Zuckerberg posted a thing on Instagram where he, he dropped a little hint about a co- possible collaboration with Ray Ban. Oh, yeah, with the sunglasses. Yeah, I saw that, and I I didn't. He didn't give a lot of details, but he was playing ping pong mm-hmm. on a very very realistic and realistic looking and sounding table. Uh, but it, I think it was AR. I think he was playing with somebody with glasses on and and they could see the table but it's not really there which is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I was kind of skeptical a little bit when I first saw that because I was like that's a huge invasion of privacy if you just if everybody's wearing sunglasses with video cameras on them but yeah. then I eventually it became known that it will flash a light to notify other people around you like hey I am actually recording like beware but I mean we all have you know we all have cameras in our pockets these days so it's kind exactly. of not, it's not that huge of a, of a leap if you will but I mean it's really exciting to see you know where we're gonna go with all this but I, I have some some uh, skepticism but
1: we'll see with the AR and the cameras and stuff there's already so many cameras around and everybody knows that with like um, security cameras that are running all the time yeah but think of how many cameras there are now because of Tesla and all because they use cameras for their autonomous driving. Mm-hmm. It's not radar. It's it's just regular cameras. They're switching actually to a um, a specific kind of camera that only reads like it, it just reads differently than the the visuals style that we actually use to oh, okay. look at pictures. So what they've used up until this point was just a regular camera like you'd have in your phone. Yeah, and it, it just has a computer programming that analyzes those pictures and a uh, neural net that. Figures out what the things that the pictures are, uh, like a reverse captcha. You oh, okay. Know, you know those captchas where you get on there? It's like, all right, here's eight, nine little boxes. I hate those things. Select each picture that has a, a motorcycle in it. Yeah, we're training AIs. That's what we're doing with that. We're training AIs to know what a motorcycle Holy looks shit. like. Wow. Isn't that Mind like blow. obvious once you think about it? Yeah,
0: I never thought about that. It makes total sense.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the robot can't figure it out. Can you? We're going to teach the robot. <laughs>
0: I mean, cameras can already sense text. You know, yeah. you take a picture of a you know document, it's going to decipher what's on the you know, which is impressive already. But yeah, I could totally, wow.
1: Think about the layers of, of code it must take to get from a picture to readable text mm-hmm. through a computer. That's a lot. People don't really give that enough credit. It takes a, it's, a, it's not an easy task. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know jack shit about programming mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I mean, there's a reason those guys get paid a lot of money because it's probably not that easy to do. You have to tell it exactly what to do. There's mm-hmm. no ambiguity allowed, which is why it's so hard to get a computer to do something like create art. I've been posting these uh, contrastive NFTs on my Instagram feed. Check them out if you're interested. And they are AI-generated art they use an AI system that takes text. So you give, you provide text to the the AI generator and then it goes back. It basically reverse engineers an image from your text. Wow. Then you can actually yeah. watch this image kind of pull out of it. It looks like it's being carved out of marble. It's really? really cool. Wow. And then at the end you have this image that's a computer's interpretation of whatever it is you said. And it's cool because the a lot of it is like, You could tell it specifically, like, I want to see a a girl in a red raincoat. And it will make something along those lines. But you can also tell it to make something like loneliness or love or abstract concepts. And to see what a computer thinks love is is really interesting. Wow. It makes some cool images. And so I think that's what I like the most about them. The art aspect of it is not just... This is one artist who made this thing that's supposed to evoke a feeling in the viewer. It's an interplay between man and machine. Yeah, I but mean, it's a fairly new thing. There's not something that's existed for a long
0: time. I mean in our lifetimes, we're gonna see computers become self-aware and for sure, you know it, it's it's gonna happen soon and later probably, and it's just kind of it's gonna be interesting to have a conversation with a computer one day like. <laughs> and you can do it now. True. Yeah. I mean, you ever hear that story of that these Google engineers created this program between these two computers and without the engineer's consent or knowledge, these two computers started talking to each other and they were sending a language that we had never seen or heard of or thought of before. And they, they were, invented a new language. Yeah. They were communicating with each other without permission or, you know, consent or anything like that. And they were like whoa this is like what creepy yeah like because in the end that spurs a curiosity you know this is like why people want to talk to each other because they want to see you know what that other person is about and curiosity really comes from you know you're aware that you don't know something you know like like me coming here like you know i want to talk to you jeff see how you've been and i want to learn you a thing or two which i've already done you know since we've been here and but that is a very human-like quality i feel like and a very biological stance if you will like you know i don't i mean i don't think do, i mean dogs talk to each other like that but i don't think they, they do it because they want to you know get a response or get a reaction but humans communicate with each other because we you know we want to learn more we want to know more about the world and know more about ourselves and that's just when the two computers start talking to each other like that that's that's kind of it's kind of creepy but it's interesting it's
1: very interesting yeah and it is exciting too like it's it's but it's it's exciting for the same reason it's kind of creepy, yeah. because you can look into the future and say, like, well, where could this go exactly and and like for dogs, I think it's amazing that dogs can do that too like it's incredible, but we didn't make dogs oh hmm. we we helped good point but yeah. but we they they already existed. Mm-hmm. We built these machines, yeah. like we figured out how to make these things and and now they're figuring out how to make other things. It's crazy, it's pretty crazy, yeah. But we'll we'll see Skynet. You know
0: Arnold's still alive, so we'll be all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about implantable computers, like Elon Musk's Neuralink?
0: I mean, I mean, I have an iWatch on right now. We're kind of halfway there, I think. I mean, again, we also have prosthetics. We have hearing like implantable hearing
1: aids. Like, we're. I mean, I, I think I'm going to narrow it down. So, what do you think about specifically in you if it was offered to have a device that can connect to the internet? No. That you would be able to access cognitively? Ah, that's a good question.
0: I've got, I mean, that'd be amazing. I mean, you can learn 100 languages.
1: You yeah. Know, you wouldn't hour. even have to anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could have a real time translator. Fuck, that would be amazing for my travels.
0: <laughs> um but at the same time like what's well, stopping you know the suck from hacking in and you know seeing what cooper's exactly. all about yeah it's exactly. kind of creepy i mean no
1: just... not only he doesn't even have to hack in you have to give him <laughs> access in order to get the device yeah i'm sure that'd be the way it is that's the way facebook is true yeah you got to sign up you know
0: I, I god that would that's a tough one because there's so many cool things about it
1: but it can go horribly wrong at the same
0: time what, what would you do
1: that i mean it is really hard yeah i can see both futures i could definitely see the future where i'm like uh fuck yeah <laughs> slice me open doc yeah right put that thing right right in <laughs> i no problem just because uh, i'm infinitely curious the people who have those are gonna be rich because oh. they're gonna find ways to monetize them 100 percent, like for sure i mean the early adopters at least
0: I know it's always been that, that rumor that Bill Gates and his entire family, they, they have microchip, mi- microchips in their arm. So whenever they walk into like a different room in their house, it'll like adjust the settings to their liking. It'll play the music they like. It'll adjust the temperature. It'll close the blinds or whatever they prefer That's and stuff like that. That's why he kept
1: wanting to chip everybody. I know. He's trying to
0: help. God damn it, Bill Gates. But uh, isn't it crazy that the two richest people in the world or used to be or are both from Seattle? Isn't that kind of weird?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, jobs, not Jobs, um, the Amazon guy, Bezos, Musk. and, or, and um, uh, yeah, excuse me. You guys know what we're talking about. Jeff Bezos and
0: Bill Gates. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Musk. He's from South Africa, though.
1: Yeah, he's been in the the tech scene for a long time. How do you have time, man? <laughs> he's done so much shit. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, but a lot of money, money, money. Yeah,
0: but I mean, technology is really exciting. It uh, is. I'm excited to see where we go. Transportation, computers, medicine, science—you
1: know, sky's the limit. But we gotta have some boundaries too. Speaking of science and all that, do you hear about the pig and pig heart in the guy? They mm. put a pig heart in a in a human man. Yeah, uh, they've done that for a while, haven't they? Because aren't pig hearts rather similar to uh, humans? They've used um, aortic valves, I think aortic, or ventricular. I don't know. They've sure. used pig heart valves. Oh, uh, okay. Which is just a little piece of the heart, but they put a full-born heart. Really, full blown heart. Yeah, the guy had a terminal heart disease, so he was going to die anyway. Yeah, we got to lose. Fuck it. Wow, and he's alive. So far, (laughs) crazy. It's been a few weeks, I think, or a few days. I don't know. My my clock is all messed up. I'm doing a podcast for that's coming out on Monday with information from a couple days before that. I'm like trying to (laughs) make sure when I say the stuff in the podcast it it lines up chronologically a little bit. Just like they take so long to edit. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I mean,
0: I, I mean, I'm me, like everybody else. I'm really thankful you're doing this. It's it's fun. I mean, it gives it gives me something to listen to when I'm working out or doing dishes, and you know, thank you. It's, it's uh, you know, I think it's great you're doing this, Jeff, and you're you know the perfect person to do it. So
1: I I'm having a lot of fun with it. The, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been skiing?
0: I've been snowboarding, and I almost died. So yeah, I'm uh not for me. <laughs> Why? Well, what's up?
1: I oh, I have a trip planned. Oh yeah, this weekend, and I don't really want to go. <laughs> Are you going to go skiing? Where are you going? Uh Mount Hood, I think. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Mount Hood. I it was my idea, too. <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves to ski. She's done it her whole life. She's very good at it. She's taught my older kids both how to ski. They're very good as well. I never grew up skiing. I don't I didn't know how to ski. So yeah. when uh I joined this family, they're a skiing family. So I was like, "All right, I'll try it." So we went skiing uh, up a Timberline and I fucked myself up pretty bad. Yeah. I I didn't take a lesson. I should have probably taken a lesson, but I didn't want to. And I just started sliding around. And uh, it was okay for a while. I did about four hours until I was starting to get a little confident. Then I started going down the bigger hills. They go way too fast. Fuck. Dude, way too fast. It. Yeah, it's scary. I don't want to go that fast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've been snowboarding when I was like 14. And... I. I had no no business being on a, on a mountain, let alone a piece of fiberglass. Like it was, I I don't have the hand hand eye coordination or the balance to. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I was going down a bunny slope, and I'm surprised I didn't hurt myself or anybody else too badly. But that's when I realized, like, eh, I'll, I'll do the inner tubes for sure. Those won't take closer too much to skin. the ground. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, the center of gravity being <laughs> up that high, is feels very very vulnerable. Yeah, and my legs aren't aren't big. I have I'm all torso. <laughs> so I was going down this hill and I had just really just started clicking and we're I'm skiing with Melissa and Sawyer. We're all together mm-hmm. and I'm feeling like one of the group. I'm like I'm in I'm in the club. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was having these thoughts in my head of being like this is so cool. How did I ever think this wasn't going to be ah! and I crashed. <laughs> oh damn. And my knee, I mean it usually bends front to back, right? Sometimes it bends sideways, yeah. and that happened that day, and it went, snap, and i it was so loud, and it, it hurt so bad that I was just like, well, fuck, I broke my leg, fuck. and so I yelled that. I was like, wait, guys, wait, broke my leg, broke my leg, come back,
0: Whoa. broken
1: leg, and they came back and uh, called Snow Patrol or whatever, I don't know if that's what they're called, that's a band, but... <laughs> You know that band, Remember that was, this Chase, oh yeah, yeah Chasing Cars or yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah, that song was huge, man. I was, was a like good one. every angsty teenager was like
1: going home and mm-hmm. fucking
0: listening. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but anyway, uh, so The but, Real Snow Patrol, which was just like a 25-year-old woman <laughs> with a snowmobile and a heavy coat and a, a toboggan, this shape of a coffin that I laid down in. <laughs> <laughs> um she put me in a cardboard cast and when she straightened my leg out it went snap and snapped back in and it Why? felt actually a lot better right away but the amount of tension in the system when your leg is bent sideways like your nervous system knows something drastic needs to happen like fix this shit you got wow. you're you're fucked up here and so it's just like a frantic feeling when it snapped back in even though it was extremely painful the amount of relief that swept over me was so amazing that i was suddenly in like a great mood and now i'm like strapped into this toboggan on the side of a mountain and this girl is towing me way too fast and i'm flying it, it was really fun honestly it's not a problem <laughs> but the best uh, part. i was strapped in so i couldn't fall out but i almost flipped over and i would have been like she'd be dragging me face down it was not a deep toboggan there's not a lot of clearance like i my chest was sticking out over the top so it would have drugged me face first but um yeah. made it back to the lodge and took ibuprofen. I think Melissa had one. She had one ibuprofen. That was the extent of her first aid kit. And so I was like, well, this is not going to work. I definitely need some opiates. Right. And um, we were snowed in. We went to go get the car and it was buried in snow. So I was like, no, we're staying here for the night.
0: Damn. So
1: I slept. I mean, I didn't sleep, but I laid there on the bunk in the Timberline Lodge. Just in excruciating pain. Wow. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> but you're <laughs> going again. <laughs> but uh, but Melissa still loves skiing. Yeah. And so we haven't been back since then. That was 2017. Oh, okay. And we have not gone again. And it's because of me. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure she gets to do something that she actually enjoys. I got her a security system this year for Christmas. And she wasn't real excited about it. <laughs> and <laughs> I And I don't really blame her. It's good to
0: have.
1: Yeah, it is. You exactly. Exactly. It's like, hey, I'm going to protect the family. She's part of that. She's going to want to do the same thing. It's like it made sense. It's, but it's not it's, it's not, not a, it's, it's not, not a sexy not, gift.
0: I was just going to say that it's not sexy. Yeah, yeah, you know. But
1: So I was like, I want to do something that she actually wants. And so I'm like, let's go to the mountain. Like I would let's I want to take you skiing. Let's do that. And so she got excited and she booked a room and we're going to go. But As it's drawn closer, and I'm having memories of last time, which was fun, was fun. I had a good time. I just didn't walk again for months. And it was a lot of of dragging my ass around on crutches and, you know, having a hard time sitting on the toilet or driving. Driving was really hard. So I know I'm not going to ski. That is just out of the question. My body doesn't understand it, and I have to just accept that. I don't, I literally don't get it my brain isn't i'm just my my body's not wired that way to where facing squared up to the direction i'm traveling seems reckless i'm i like to go sideways mm-hmm. you have a little bit more control you're a little bit more protected i'm not just exposing my belly and just like flying through space That's right i was like fuck that yeah. so i would like to try snowboarding if anything also i have been told yeah this is as i'm saying this is sounding like very weak evidence i've been told that riding a snowboard is similar to driving an airboat on the mud because hmm. of the fact you steer with your back end. You're sliding sideways a lot of the time. I'm pretty good at that. So maybe I'd be okay at snowboarding. It's, it feels like a flimsy argument now that I'm saying it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know too
0: much about all that, but whoever thought of that whole thing, like let's put, let's make a piece of fiberglass and let's slide down a mountain going hundred miles an hour. Like it's pretty – I mean, but I, a, lot of my, a lot of my friends are snowboarders and I've seen videos and pictures of them and they were like doing flips and flying off half pipes and it's like I, that's so beyond me. I'm, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. I just want to slide around
1: <laughs> yeah. on the ground.
0: Yeah, I mean, no most extreme things I've ever done was, you know, I used to ride my dirt bike all the time and I wasn't even that good at that. So, like <laughs> – Yeah,
1: I'm not an extreme guy. Yeah. I mean, Do you I, ever go off jumps on the dirt bike?
0: Yeah, here and there, but – I was never, you know, a motocross rider by any means. But, uh, I mean, I've been skydiving. And that was a fucking blast.
1: You have been skydiving? Yeah. Eight, That's
0: on my bucket list. I was 18 years old. Like a month after I turned 18, I went. <laughs> Always wanted to do it. God, it was it, when your feet, because the thing is, once you get on the airplane, it's you are jumping out. It's more dangerous to land with the plane than it is to jump out of the plane.
1: Because landings are so fraught with chaos? Yeah,
0: I mean, statistically. yeah. Statistically? It's, you're a lot more likely to die because the engine and the airplane failed than your parachute not opening. Oh, so, that's
1: like you're more likely to die on the way to the airport than on the plane.
0: Exactly. So they, they will literally push you out. Like once the plane takes off, you're jumping I would out. I love 1 that One million percent, right? Like, a bitch, I'm throwing you out of this plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We, your, my feet were hanging over the side of the plane. We jumped at 15,000 feet and it was a beautiful sunny day in July. And I was like looking down like, what the fuck? I paid money to do this shit. And then all of a sudden they push you out. <laughs> I had a guy strapped to my back. He was like five feet tall, like Eastern European. Like, you're doing a great job, Cooper. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> this is wild. But yeah, uh, we we, you free fall for like 30, 30 seconds to a minute, I believe, if I remember correctly. It's been years. Then you they open the shoe and you glide down for like 10 minutes.
1: Wow. It's a hell of an experience. That's got to be so fun. I'm yeah. going to do that. I'm going to do that. I got to do it once I'm a little older, just in case I die. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, once my ducks are in a row and my balls <laughs> or are or in my court. Or your apples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I've also been bungee jumping. I went bungee jumping in Mexico, which was kind of scary i heard the regulations down there
1: <laughs> you're right
0: the it reminds me of the cable guy yeah that's exactly right
1: i think we said this in the last podcast
0: <laughs> did we yeah. yeah don't let your wife bungee jump in mexico they don't have the regulations that's such a great fucking movie i feel like
1: that must have been ad-libbed that line
0: he, he, I, jim carrey's so good at those he uh actually that was a record-breaking uh deal
1: he was paid 20 million for that role didn't it take a huge loss, too? They, it, nobody went and saw it. I think,
0: yeah, it's obviously considered like a cult classic, but it's a great fucking
1: movie. It's a great movie. I fucking love that movie. Somebody's got to kill the babysitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. when the basketball scene? great but when i was a
1: kid i did not understand that movie at all <laughs>
0: right like it's like too dark and creepy
1: it was strange like yeah. and i was used to like the mask and ace ventura i was like where's the lovable jim carrey and yep. he was actually still pretty lovable in that as chip he's one of a friend yeah <laughs> chip douglas that character is a lot more like real life jim carrey <laughs> right
0: yeah he's kind of crazy these days <laughs> he's
1: he's a fruit loop and i mean that in the most uh, endearing way because I love Jim Carrey and yeah, I also yeah. think that, that most of the crazy shit he says is completely true. Yeah, he he's just one of those people who's not worried about fitting in, so he just says what he actually thinks and what he actually believes, and a lot of that stuff I actually believe too.
0: Yeah, I respect it. I mean, he has a right to say what he wants. I mean, I'll always love. I mean, he gets a bad rap. People like, oh, he's just too wacky. Like, he's he's so talented at what he does.
1: Yeah, he's he's a bit of a philosopher. Like, he talks about. The nature of reality, Mm -hmm. which is stuff that I love thinking about. Most people don't want to think about that because it makes them feel stupid because they don't know the answers. But no one does. So it shouldn't make you feel stupid if the smartest people on the planet don't know it either. 100%.
0: But yeah, actually, but the scariest thing I've ever done was I went hang gliding in Brazil. And I will never, ever, ever do that again. (laughs) Like, you literally jump off a mountain – strap with a giant kite strapped to you. <laughs> yeah. Like and a paper airplane. Exactly. And you like we were on top of this mountain overlooking Rio and it was like you have to run really, really fast and you have to jump. And you literally run off a cliff. And you're just And the fall itself pulls pulls the lift, huh? <sighs> and you're up there for twenty minutes, uh-huh. circling around the city and the whole time I was thinking we were gonna like tip over and fall to my death. And then you land on the you actually land on your feet on the
1: beach and yeah. Were you, you had a guy on there with you?
0: Yeah, I had, I was tandem. Or and, a girl? Uh, yeah, it was a guy. Yeah. I'm and, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it was never again. I'll never
1: do, I'll, I'll go skydiving again, but I'll never do that shit again. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> that looks really fun. But again, it's also like the wingsuits, the squirrel suits. You know yep. what I'm talking about? Yep. Sure. Yeah, it looks possible and it looks like a blast, but the amount of risk you're taking on to do that is so huge. Mm-hmm. The, the, the flight looks awesome though just like the fact that they're zooming around mountains but i don't know that just looks pretty scary a little too extreme for me i'll uh i don't want to see one of my friends turn into pink mist (sighs)
0: yeah there's some videos on the internet that uh, will make you second guess your decision to go do that shit yeah hey more power to you it's your life
1: yeah do what you gotta do so what have you been up to lately Are, are you what are you doing for work these days
0: um. So I, I've had I've actually bounced around a couple jobs this year. Uh, oh yeah, I, I bought a house. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, where uh, at? Uh, I live in Linwood now, which is just north of Seattle.
1: I love Linwood. Nice yeah. place. Lots of shopping.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, it's, it's I I grew up in Kirkland, like a lot of people know, and I always. I wanted to live there and, you know, I love Kirkland. I I, I got priced out though. I mean, homes are going for a million dollars a pop, you know, if not more. So we got
1: that Costco money.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get it too. I mean, Kirkland's an amazing place to live, but um, yeah, but I found a, a three bedroom condo up in Linwood. I got, I got a great deal on it, bought it in May um you know sold a portion of my portfolio to to put you know put down for the down payment and I've been there ever since so yeah I, I bought a place so that's pretty, pretty much been the most exciting development I've had this this year and uh, I've had a I've I bounced around a couple jobs um you know just trying to find you know what I want to do um I'm currently I'm back at McMiniman's I'm, I'm enjoying it but uh you know I'm kind of looking to make the next step I mean I'm, I'm either considering joining the police force possibly or you know finding another career I might, I might go back into recruiting which was which I was doing for about a couple months so thinking
1: about being a cop huh I was considering it you know we'll see man I I would be scared for you people are so mean to cops these days people yeah have the profession is in trouble for 100 but it honestly it needs people like you but it needs a lot more than one it needs millions of them and I don't know if there are that many
0: yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, a couple of bad apples, you know, gave, you know, th- three million some odd cops we have in this country a bad rap. <laughs> yeah,
1: it'd be interesting to know exactly what the statistics on that actually are. Because people make those claims all the time, depending on what side of the debate you're on, like how many cops are corrupt or, or, you know, abusing authority versus a few bad apples. Like, we really have no idea what the what the breakdown actually looks like. It would be interesting to know.
0: I mean, yeah, there was, God, millions of p- police interactions last year. And, you know, unfortunately, police interactions, you know, can end in tragic and horrible ways. But nine point nine percent of them, they end in you either get a ticket or it was a nice interaction with a warning or, you know, it was nothing at all. So, you know, I mean. I don't have all the answers, but I like to think I'd be a decent cop. I like to think I'm pretty level-headed and logical when I interact with other people. And just be fair, be stern, and do your job. I mean, I'm not a cop yet. I'm, you know, There's a lot I have to learn about the profession, but I'm
1: considering it. Who, you know, we'll see what happens. I think you'd be good at it. I, I think that one it. of the things that is, is a really critical ingredient in a good police officer is humility. And that's something that is hard to balance because you also you need to have authority. So you can't be a little wimp. Yeah, But you also need to be humble. Like you can't just automatically impose your will on everybody and expect them to just cower because they won't and you're going to face resistance. So it's it's like having to balance that with a benevolent sense of authority where you're like – you realize you have power over people but you want to use that power. You're motivated to use that power to improve their lives or the lives of people who – they might be victimizing because that's what a lot of it is—is is you're trying to protect somebody from somebody else. Sure, and that yeah. does create lots of opportunities for negative interactions.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we need police. I mean, I've never understood the defund a police situation. Like, we need we need good guys in this world, and we need yeah. people to and hold training other people is expensive. And check. Yeah, I mean, if anything, they need more money. And it's a lot more complicated than that. But I feel like, you know, we we need good guys in this world when a lot of bad things are unfortunately happening and, you know, a lot of people are dying for unnecessary reasons and wrong reasons. And I just think, you know, I think I'll give it a shot and, you know, we'll see what happens. I've already started the application process and um, I've taken my written exam and um, I'm taking my physical next week. And, you know, I've
1: already gotten the ball rolling. So that's awesome. That's really exciting. Yeah, I, I really do think you'd make an excellent cop. I appreciate it, and I think it's an important time to be a cop because, I mean, stuff's rough. It's not just rough in with the whole police brutality thing, Black Lives Matter, and all that. But I mean, you're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You have random lockdowns being enforced places, and other places not. It's just like the world is crazy right now. Yeah, it's just yeah. But in all that, we still need to find order, and there, we need people to enforce that order, and it's a necessary part of our system. So that's, that's very admirable of you to want to do that. Honestly, I'd be terrified, like, just given the, the cultural climate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not so scared of, obviously, you know, losing my life on, uh, you know, in the field or on the forest, but I'm just more scared of, like, you know, because I know a lot – I mean, I know a lot of people, especially me from Seattle, that don't like cops at all. Yeah. And, you know, which I don't think is fair. I mean, who, I mean when something goes wrong, who do you
1: call? I mean – I've always known people that, that hate cops, but I don't remember ever – Before having it be so socially accepted. Exactly. Like to just say that you hate cops. Some cops do bad things and they need to be held accountable. It needs to be justice. Yeah.
0: But we got to learn some more. You know, we got to learn to accept each other and we got to learn to support one another. And, you know, cops are a vital vital part of our society yeah so. I, i've actually talked with a couple of cops uh, since I, i've been more passionate about this more serious about joining the force and you know they've all told me you know there are a lot of regulations coming and a lot of changes and they want a you know they they i mean th- there's so many openings right now like i bet yeah i mean every department in my entire area is hiring so thankfully it's rather i mean it appears to be rather easy to get a job i haven't you know gone through with it just yet but they just want a new batch of me- – they want a new mentality, a new aspect, and a new reputation around the police force. And they're looking for new people to fill those roles. So we'll
1: see what happens. That's good. I have high hopes. Yeah, thanks, man. I think, I think that will be really good for you. Dude, I mean, we're, we're entering, a, entering a new era for our society. We've never been at a time like this before. And it's – we're at the age where we're going to be taking the reins. Our generation is going to need to be very much – Involved in guiding the direction of our country. 100%. Because right now it seems kind of aimless. And like, thank God for Joe Rogan.
0: yeah right we have a a leader (laughs) oh joe i mean i i I mean i honestly agree with a lot of Jarvogan's stances especially in regards to you know the vaccine and these mandates and stuff like that i mean not to get too political but like you know we need to we need to have a conversation about these things exactly that's
1: his whole stance yeah he's not pro or anti-vax exactly which a lot of people are misrepresenting yeah he is pro free speech and he's pro discourse exactly like he wants to talk about stuff he doesn't want to just uh, just blindly accept the word of some expert, even though he will invite the expert to his show to explain something for two hours. Yeah, which is awesome. Like, what more do you want? Exactly. In, in a public figure, like, I don't understand. People are so tribal. They just, they just like, oh, my team said that he's bad, so that must mean he's bad, and they believe it. They really believe it. Yeah, it's just
0: sad. I mean, like, I won't have a conversation with somebody if they can't give ground on either side. Yeah, Because either side have good points and bad points and we have to meet somewhere in the middle. I mean, you know, like we've gotten to this part in this in this country where, you know, a lot of people like a lot of people are obviously frustrated without like superficial and dishonest and fake. A lot of us have become, you know, we've always, you know, our interactions have become so surface level and a lot of people are afraid to tell people what they really think and how they really feel and who they really voted for and how they politically align and stuff like that. But there's a reason for this is because... Whenever somebody does give their honest opinion and does tell you how they really feel and does tell you what's really in their heart and what they're really thinking in their mind, and if that is not received well, then they're attacked and they're harassed and they're doxxed and they're labeled racist and they're labeled stupid Democrats or labeled stupid Republicans, and it's just like, of you know, so it's kind of like, what the hell are we doing here? You know, like you yeah. can't win either way if you. People are frustrated because people have become so fake and so dishonest in how they portray themselves. But then, whenever somebody does tell you what they really think and how they really feel, then they're attacked on the other, from the other side, from both sides. Yeah, and it's just you know, it's just like we can't win. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. (laughs) Exactly, and it's just like we need to have more discussion, and we need to you know learn to have you know more common ground with one another. And this is one of the reasons why I think like mental health has just gone you know through the floor this past couple of years. And I mean, really it's been longer than that. It's just people feel trapped and they feel alone and they're afraid of losing friends and they're afraid of losing family members. And they're, they're self-doubting themselves because they have these beliefs that don't line up with, you know, whatever Fox news says or whatever CNN says and whatever their friends say. And, you know, people feel trapped and depressed and they're filled with anxiety. And it's just, it shouldn't be like that. Like we no. need to have common ground. We need to, I mean, I know a lot of people that are hardcore Trump supported Republicans and they're good people. And I know a lot of people that vote blue no matter what and they love Biden. That's that's great too. Like I can see both sides of the argument. We need Me to too. have common ground and we need to be able to
1: have discourse. Yeah, exactly. We need to open the floor for discussion, always. Mm-hmm. There should always be room for discussion. We have to allow people to be wrong. Exactly. Without fear of never finding a road back to recovery. Like there has to be retribution. You have to be able to be wrong and learn. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to make mistakes and then be able to come back and say like, Hey, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that in the future. I won't do that. Anybody who's watching, you should probably learn from my example. That's the way it works. Like it's always worked that way. Now, because of accessibility of information through the internet, now we are in a system where people are imposing expectations on everybody. Throughout your entire existence. Like, so they're going back as far as they can, whatever there's data on, whether it be through Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever, your permanent record from school, who knows? Mainstream, mainstream media. Yeah. yeah. And if all of that information doesn't line up and fit through the filter of today, then you're doomed. So it's basically creating a world where people are never going to take risks. They're never going to produce real art. Mm-hmm. They're never going to do anything risky the world will be a vanilla flat bullshit place 100% and it will still be dangerous because people will they'll the standards will drop they'll find new things to be critical of and the it will just continue to change it will never improve we have to just reverse this pattern and go back to open open doors open minds and you know open discussions
0: exactly yeah censorship i wouldn't that's a hill i'm dying on i would never be a fan of no matter what it is Because once you give them a little bit of an inch, they're going to take a mile and, you know, we're never going to get it back. So do I like when people say bad things about me and say disparaging things about who I am and you know what I think? No, but I would never deny somebody the ability to do that. Yeah, exactly.
1: And wouldn't it be way worse if people could say what they want about you, but you're not allowed to respond? Exactly. Which will be the case. Exactly. It is the case now. For a lot of people. That guy who was on Rogan a couple weeks ago, Dr. Robert Malone. Yeah. He was one of the people who was instrumental in designing the mRNA vaccines. Like that technology, not necessarily the COVID one, I don't think, but...
0: It was a great episode.
1: Yeah, it really was. And he was booted off of Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy's clearly knowledgeable clearly experienced clearly doesn't have a dog in the fight he's, qualified yeah and no no conflicts of interest nothing there's zero reason for him to be censored he said it himself he's
0: going to be dead in you know when this all comes to hit the wall eventually like yeah i look at the world around me like i like to think i always try to have a logical level-headed mind and again if once you look at both sides with an open view that's when you can start picking out pieces that make more sense than others and that's when you can really start to decipher through all the bullshit of like what's really going on here
1: yeah when you're balanced
0: exactly i mean i try yeah i try to be man it's just it's a lot healthier and a lot easier way to get through life than just digging your heels in and yeah i'm gonna vote this way and think this way for no matter what
1: and then my team's gonna win
0: yeah and And that's what they're thinking And it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of like the toxic 10% on either side of the political aisle that kind of ruin it for the 80% of us that are able to see both sides and are able to, you know, I mean, these people are passionate. I respect it. I mean, that's a great thing about America. You can think and vote and say what you want as of right now. I want to get, I want us to get back to a point where we can have these discussions and, you know, friendships are getting ruined and family members aren't coming to Thanksgiving for, you know. For stupid reasons. I mean, like, I know a lot of, I mean, my dad voted for Trump. And, you know, I think that's great. That's his, that's his right. And I didn't vote for him, but that's his opinion and that's what he wanted to do. And I think that's awesome.
1: I hold it against nobody. Just two choices that are meant to appear different that are very much the same. Exactly. I, it's really not nearly as big of a deal as people want it to be. And the, the fight is what, like, getting us all polarized and all all frothy and mad at each other is what they're... They're trying to do. 100%. That's the other thing, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the whole point. Uh, like, the media, wh- whoever, the power structure at be, the power structure that B, that B, at B? I don't know. Mm. The power structure, I, I, it's hard to use the right language without sounding like a conspiracy theorist. But the deep state, whoever yeah. is pulling the strings, yeah. wants us to fight because it distracts us from what really matters. Yep, yeah, couldn't say it any better. It's, it's classism. It's not... You know, white
0: versus black or Republican versus Democrat, stuff like that. It's the corrupt, evil, greedy 1% versus the 99% of us. And, you know, they rather have us kill each other than go after them. Yeah. That's one consp- conspiracy theory that I 100% believe in because, I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, it's very visible. 100 Yeah. Just look around you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And they don't even really try to hide it. They yeah. just like. I mean, if you own the news, you're not going to put a news story about it, but it's it's very visible. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, we'll get there. I, I have faith in humanity. And, you know, I again, there's I know a lot of great Biden supporters. I know a lot of great Trump, support, Trump supporters. I know a lot of people that believe in certain things and other, and I can see both sides. And, you know, all I can do is, you know,
1: do my part and not contributing to, to the toxicity. So That's, I think everyone needs to adopt that philosophy. That's what I think, too. That's why I don't spend a lot of time on social media. Because I, I just have a personal policy where I don't I don't like to add negativity even when it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need to add that and make that person feel worse? Whether they know they're an asshole or not, me saying it isn't going to change anything. Yeah, I mean, right?
0: I'm, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I'm not on social media that much either anymore. I deleted my Instagram. And I'm just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'll never go back on it again or maybe get a new one. But it's just kind of nice to distance yourself and just kind of concentrate on your own mental health. So
1: It definitely is. Out. It definitely is,
0: but we'll see what happens, man. Crazy world, but I, I have faith in it for the future.
1: Uh, me too. God,
0: I'm happy to be here. I survived COVID. Bought a house. Um, I'm I'm happy, man. I mean, I'm I'm you know the money around the you know the economy is not super great at the moment with the market. And yeah, that's know, kind of a bummer. It is, but, you know, we, have hey, I grew up poor, so I'm kind of going back to my roots, if you will. You know, I don't like...
1: want to be poor again.
0: <laughs> right?
1: I promised myself I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, life's good, man. I got problems like everybody else, but uh, I'm just trying to get by, and
1: uh,
0: I really appreciate having me on. Well, how about, you been good, though?
1: Yeah, things are great. Things are great. Yeah. Um... Daisy died. That was not great. That Our dog. Oh, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure you met her last time. Golden Retriever, Yellow Lab Mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had her for 10 years. Damn. Uh, That affected me so much more than I expected. Really? I, I was kind of shocked by how much that hurt to just, like, to lose my dog. I've just... I, I flashed to so many times when people were telling me that their dog died or I had to have my dog put down or my dog was hit by a car All these times and I was like, oh, well, you know,
2: it's yeah. a fucking dog. So, yeah, right. So you're probably not
1: that sad. <laughs> but I was devastated. I am still devastated. This was like two weeks ago. And yeah, dude, I like for three days, I I couldn't think about anything else. I just felt so fucking sad. I bet. And um but you know, it was kind of a, I mean, it was the way it needed to happen. She had cancer and yeah, it started with a little tumor on her leg and it grew really, really quickly. And she just got to where she was suffering a lot. So made an appointment and took her in and we went to the beach ahead of time and like got her, let her play one last time, got her stick and all that. Hmm. She was very into her sticks. There's a, giant pile outside of my house I saw pay that attention yeah. <laughs> they're all driftwood um Daisy brought us every one of those <laughs> really yeah wow and yeah shout out to Oceanside Animal Clinic that place did so well like really top-notch service because not only did they not make me bring her inside which she does not like going in there she gets real stressed out so she sat in the back seat of the truck with me and I held her on my lap and I pet her and they came out and gave her a shot to like make her relax she, she was still conscious and awake but she was like very gumby mm-hmm. and um so like she was in the back seat and I got out of the front and I opened the door and she pushed herself up so I could slide in there under there and she collapsed and like put her head on my lap and this, she never moved again and they came out mm, a few minutes later and gave her the other shot and she took a few big shudder breaths and I felt her go and took her in and I buried her and um, it was powerful, yeah. really, really powerful because I just, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with death and mostly because I'm uncomfortable with the pain of the people who are still here. Um, so. It's hard for me to see people in that much pain, but it's not really that hard to experience it because you have no choice. When you're, when you're not the one in the pain and you're dealing with people who are suffering like that, I never know if it's okay to be okay. Like, do I need to adopt your pain right now or am I okay to just be okay? Like, is it insensitive of me to be okay? But when you're the one who's sad, you just feel sad mm-hmm. and you just let it flow. And I did that for a couple of days before we had her put down so that when it actually came time, I could be there for the kids. So I wasn't blubbering like a baby. I was solid when we told the kids about it. I may have let a couple tears squirt out of there a couple times when I was like, Nothing wrong with that. Cause I'm just like, fuck, how is she this old? It's just like, she was just that puppy just yeah. s- not long ago. So, so quick, just 10 years just zoomed by. But I felt good about it. I felt like I did the whole thing. I've had a lot of dogs. She's the only one I've ever seen through from puppy to old dog and through her death. That's and cool. Buried her. It's like, it was substantial for me. It was a major commitment that I actually followed through with and completed. But yeah, it was hard. And
0: with life comes death, man, we all gotta, we all gotta walk through the doorway. So mm-hmm. yeah, I got a cat. Shout out Little Pancake.
1: Nice. Yeah. Uh,
0: I got her like a month after I moved into my place, you know, I wanted a roommate. So, uh. Yeah, she's she's my best friend. She's awesome.
1: Cats can be so great. Yeah, like, the ones that aren't great are really bad, and the ones that are good are really good. So, yeah,
0: I was afraid she's gonna be like one of those skittish cats that like stays under a bed, for pisses everywhere, Her and, entire life. Yeah, yeah. but she, she sleeps on my chest every night, and uh, yeah, we, we we play and we play hide and seek all the time, and she's awesome. Oh, did you get her as a kitten? Yeah, I got her. her Her birthday is a day before mine, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, it's a good way to remember too. But. uh yeah, um, I love her. I miss her. Do you let her outside? Probably not. Hell no. No. Yeah. She actually has fleas right now. Oh, my God. That's been a fucking nightmare. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, I've been treating her for three oh, – well, she's had them for like four months. I tried over-the-counter medicine, the shampoo, pills, nothing has been working. But Really? Yeah, I apparently I – I eventually took her to the vet. Like, I – These are, like, government-created nano-robot fleas. Like, there's nothing I can fucking do to get rid of these damn things. They told me that, like, over-the-counter flea medication, all cats became immune, like, Ten years ago, and they just, i have heard that they just keep selling it because there's nothing stopping them, but it doesn't do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it, other than expose your children and make
0: them eventually <laughs> immune, <laughs> right? And so yeah, that's been a $500 and five month journey. A good friend of mine brought her cat over. This girl I've been seeing, and um she her cat had fleas, so ah. therefore she gave my cat fleas, and it's it's been a, a problem, but. We're, she, she's she's tough it out. I just gave her actually, her, her third application of flea medication a couple days ago, so I think we're nearing the finish line.
1: Is a long hair cat, short hair cat? Long hair, yeah. Uh, they really hide in there. Fuck. Yeah, I've been shaving her neck and applying it because it apparently has to go straight to the skin. So. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get that all the way down on those real fluffy cats.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm not fucking around with this shit anymore. Fleas are driving. I mean, I I don't ever notice them on me, but she's been scratching. I just feel bad because you know yeah. I love
1: that damn. Thing. You've never really found them on you.
0: I've the only time I ever seen them when they're on her Remember, Wow. I don't you don't even see them after, I mean, 90 90% of the time she just scratches a bunch. Yeah. So.
1: Oh man, it gets way worse, doesn't it? Yeah, you get to where you do see him a lot. Really. Um like if you pull her hair apart, you'll just see him crawling everywhere. It's disgusting. God. Yeah, dude, I I don't even know Yeah, it was the last episode I talked about when I had fleas (laughs) in the finale last time. But yeah, when I was in middle school, we had a bunch of kittens, and they got our house so infested with fleas that we couldn't get rid of them. I had fleas, like, as a human. (laughs) It was terrible. I mean, like, I'd get rid of them once a day when I showered, but they'd come back. They, like, they'd climb up my socks. They were in our carpet, and they would climb up my socks, and I would, so basically from the knee down, I was, I had hundreds of bites on my calves. It was just really gross very uh yeah i wasn't getting a lot of attention from girls those years
0: (laughs) i wasn't either (laughs) yeah
1: but it's all right you know things got better for sure yeah they always i don't miss the fleas
0: (laughs) yeah hey shout out to daisy though
1: yeah shout out to daisy r.i.p She was a good dog it's interesting to deal with the death of a dog when uh with Kids of varying ages, because I have a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a Mm 3-year-old. And the two older kids, like, a lot less emotional about it, obviously, but still pretty beat up about it, but don't want to talk about it afterwards. Amelia just brings it up randomly all the time. Like, she brought it up. I had her in here when we were were doing a little podcasting, and she just brought it up in the middle. um, Like, we were talking about the aztecs killing people and she's like oh when i heard killing it reminded me of daisy oh shit <laughs> Like, oh. Damn. I mean, she's very blunt about it because she's three so she's yeah like the other day she, the puppy was we got a new puppy to re, not to replace daisy we got her first but yeah we actually did get her to replace daisy preemptively but yeah it happened way quicker daisy got sick really like right after we got the dog really um but yeah she was staring out the window and Millie's like poppy's probably looking for daisy Oh, but man. she's not going to find her cuz she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: That's I mean they don't true. have a filter, I
1: mean yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, it actually makes it easier because I I don't have to it's what I'm really realizing is I'm worried about just offending people or making people hurt worse when they're already hurting. Sure. And that's just not what I want to do. But when it's a little kid who just says everything that's on their mind, you don't really have to worry too much about that. Yeah, I mean that's probably like one of the most significant things that's ever happened to her. Probably, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's it's gonna be on her mind. And, you know that's understandable. You can you can tell she, she loved that dog. Understandably, so yeah.
1: When I got Daisy as a puppy, I I remember like fantasizing about years down the line of like my kids playing with this dog as an old dog, mm-hmm. and it actually came to fruition. So it, she had a beautiful life, and she honestly had a beautiful death. It was it was as good as it could have been. But yeah. Just a heartbreaker. She, I, I feel like I just expected to get a couple more years. Like she was only ten, or not even quite ten, almost ten. But cancer, huh? It's a fucking goddamn. Hey, shout out, fuck cancer. Can yeah, I, fuck can I cancer. Say that? Is that? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Isn't that a like a an organization? <laughs> it should be. It's I at mean, least a hashtag.
0: Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but hey, I'm alive. Yeah, life is good.
1: Life really is good. Yeah. Even like all the crazy shit going on in the world. I I try really hard to maintain that that idea that it's a miracle that we're here. Every moment is a miracle. Mm-hmm. The statistical possibility that we were going to exist out of all of the possible occurrences, yep. is very small. Like oh. there's a very there's a way better chance that we would never have existed, and yet we do. So it's we're lucky to be here. Yeah, I agree, man. All right, Cooper. Well, I think we're coming to a to a close on this thing.
0: Sure, man. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks for having me back. I know I hit you up kind of late notice. Like I said, I was planning on being down here a couple weeks ago, but I'm glad you could fit me in, man. You know, yeah, I love really a conversation.
1: This was really fun. It was really nice to catch up, and I feel like we covered some good ground.
0: Yeah, I man. I, I, mean, I like having an interesting conversation. I learned a lot. I know, I know a lot more about NFTs now than I did two hours ago. So oh,
1: if You really want to learn about stuff. Come back, we'll do a full episode about it. There's so much shit because I mean, I'm about to, I'm about to launch into it right now. It's hard not to. But there's a lot of different areas within NFTs, which are even another area within crypto, and mm-hmm. which is another area within a greater financial system. So yeah. it's, it's like there's a lot of layers. But there's different utilities within NFTs. Like some will make you passive income. Some will give you membership to exclusive clubs and things like that. It, they're pretty cool. And eventually they're going to be a very major part of our everyday life.
2: The, the same
1: way that like... 10 years ago, the idea of having all your credit cards on your phone would have seemed crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like, And we had iPhones then. It's like, I would never do that. But now, all my credit cards are on my phone. And it just, it's like, the idea of carrying them all in plastic form seems superfluous and and ridiculous. It's like, our view of what is normal and what is required for life just changes. NFTs are going to be a big part of that change in the future. Yeah, I'm
0: excited to see what happens. Hopefully, you bounce back on that. Uh, was it Caveman Coin or what was it called? Oh,
1: the Cave Coin. Yeah, cave coin. <laughs> I actually believe I will. They're going to launch the game soon, and I'm excited about that one. That uh-huh. that one, I legitimately think is going to do well. The vast majority of NFTs on the Solana network are still so new, mm-hmm. and there was such a boom bust thing going on because everyone flooded in when Solana first started offering NFTs, and there was it just flooded the market. There was too many projects, not enough demand, and so a lot of the prices went down. But some of them, the ones that did actually pop out of there are doing quite well. Nice. One that I am excited about is called Portals. It's a metaverse apartment, and it's still brand new, but it's it's doing really well. And they're going to have a downtown. It's kind of like Decentraland. It's one of these things where yeah. you have an avatar and you can buy digital real estate and all that stuff. But it's really cool, and it's blowing up right now. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, digital metaverse stuff, check that out. One that is very similar to that but is actually free and you don't have to buy an NFT to get involved. It's called Spatial. Check out spatial.io. Okay. And they have a metaverse where you can build a bunch of different rooms or spaces where you can insert furniture or art. I've got a digital metaverse art museum in the works that I'm building. It's cool. It's just like the, it's a prefab 3D model of a museum. You go in and you can edit the walls edit the way things look, and I'm putting my NFTs on the wall, and I'm going to make cool, a little man. museum thing. That's and awesome. then I can send people links, and they can come into my museum and, and walk around. If they have VR, they can walk around. They could do it on a computer too, but it's not nearly as cool. Yeah, yeah. lots of cool stuff coming up in the future.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm, you know, I'm going to keep listening to episodes, and uh, hey, next time I'm in town, maybe I can come back.
1: Yeah, anytime, dude. I, I don't, I don't mind the short notice when it's you. It's like I, I know you. I'm not nearly as nervous, and the preparation is easier. Sure. So it's, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean,
0: how long have we been doing? Wow. Two hours, almost two hours. It happened like last time, yeah, it goes by so fast. <laughs> it does,
1: it definitely does. It's awesome, man. All right, well, thanks again for coming, man. And we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks, brother. You guys all have a good day now. Bye, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, please take 30 seconds to post a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, post about it on social media, or simply mention it to a friend. We are a grassroots organization, and this is how new people can find the show. So thank you for helping us to extend our reach. Ramble by the River is written, edited, and produced by me, Jeff Nesbitt. Thank you to our guests, and special thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Without you, none of this would be possible. If you'd like to support the show, don't wait. Join the Ram Fam today, and get access to all of the bonus features, including a free Ramble by the River t-shirt with every premium subscription. Head to ramblebytheriver.com and click the link to sign up. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you guys next week.